Hello, B2B marketers. Welcome back to the Marketing Bound podcast, where we help you develop your marketing skills, boost your confidence in your role, and give you access to the greatest minds in B2B marketing. I'm your host, Laura L. Bernhard, and today we have a great episode. I invited my friend, George Hasiostis, to chat about why the future of content is storytelling. He reveals what businesses get wrong about content, three storytelling frameworks that you can apply today, and how to get started in storytelling. You'll also want to stick around until the very end as George reveals what format to follow in your content when storytelling. George gives several examples that I will link in the show notes. And as usual, you can find the transcript in the show notes as well. So you know, in this episode, George calls content con. That's just how he calls it. So if you hear that, that's what he's referring to. Hi, George. Thank you so much for being on the Marketing Bound podcast. Hello, Laura. It's good to be here. Thank you for hosting this episode. Absolutely. I'm super excited. We're going to talk about storytelling and let's just dive into it. So the first question I have for you is why do you think storytelling is the future of content marketing? I think that we see a tendency, especially if you think of content marketing from a a search standpoint, we see a tendency of content essentially be the same in the search results. Mm-hmm. And companies and brands have the uh, false understanding that in order for them to succeed, they have to do pretty much of the same what you know other brands and websites are doing. And this creates the issue of what's called uh, copycat content, which essentially means that you see content that looks very much alike what's already out there uh, for specific uh, topics. But if you think about it, in most cases, this content hasn't been written by people who are actual experts on the topic that they are you know, writing about. And obviously, this raises questions like, can we really trust this piece of content? Can we really accept the facts that and the, the messages that it tries to, to convey? And the answer in many cases is no, there is definitely an issue with trustworthiness when we are talking about content that's been written by people who are not real experts in the topics that they are covering. Okay, And so I would say that inside this issue of copycat content, what could be the, the solution is trying to add perspective and trying to share your real and honest opinions and your experiences about things uh, instead of just trying to do what everyone else uh, is trying to do. So this is why I believe that storytelling definitely belongs to the future of con marketing and that it's, it's definitely a solution for brands that want to stand out and make a difference. Especially in industries where all the information is very much the same <laughs> and you can use storytelling as a way to stand out. So that's, that's very, very true. Traditionally, storytelling is done through like use cases, you know, like through clients and their successes with the companies. 
If you can explain it, like if you can describe current storytelling in five words or less, how would you describe it? I would say that you have to put yourself in the position of the person who is going to read the story and try to make something that will resonate with them. Yes, it's good to, you know, cover a story by a customer that you had, a success story and so on and so forth. But there is way more, many more things that, we, that you can do in order to create something that will truly resonate with your audience. Mm-hmm. And that comes down to really understanding your audience in the first place. In every story, there's a villain, okay? There's like this bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Do you need that in your storytelling? I would say that uh, this is a very interesting uh, question. I would say that you don't need it. You don't need a, a bad guy. Obviously, in a story, for example, where uh, a personal story where you describe something you know, that happened to you and how you managed to overcome an obstacle in your life or something like that, you could say that the bad guy could be, let's say, yourself in a, in a version that you would like to go away from. But in general, in the stories that we create for our clients, we don't really look for a villain and we don't need a bad guy. But I suppose that having a bad guy could work in some (laughs) cases. Okay, can you give me an example of one of the stories for your clients without a bad guy? Because do you know what Duolingo is? Sure. Okay, so Duolingo is like an app where you can learn languages for anyone who doesn't know. And I follow them on TikTok because who doesn't these days? And in a lot of their videos, their villain, or they always go against Google Translate. Okay. So they're That's like, interesting. they're like, oh, people who use Google Translate to learn languages, like instead of learning languages. And they're like, oh no. So they always use Google Translate as the villain. Like they don't explicitly say that, but I can see what they're doing. <laughs> So I want to know an example without the villain. Sure. That's a very interesting example, by the way, the one that you served. I would say we are doing a piece of content for one of our clients. It's an outreach software. And essentially, people are using the software to reach out to other websites and ask for a backlink, you know, link back to this resource that I have created and so on and so forth. And if you think about it, What's the best way to describe the value that people can get out of your product than saying that, you know what, we have used our product and this is what we have achieved. So what we do for our client right now is create a piece of con that essentially the title, if I'm not mistaken, is something in the lines of how we managed to build X backlinks in X months and raise our traffic by, you know, X percent. And this even though you know it entails uh, storytelling, is also at the same time the best way to to prove the value of the product without need you know without needing to have a villain in the story. Yeah, I like that. I can see how that works. I've seen that for uh, a few blogs as well. I think it was CoSchedule. I'm not sure if you know them, but CoSchedule. I've seen them use that often too. So how do they get started in storytelling? Do they start with blogs? Do they Do they try to put it everywhere? Like, what is the first step? Sure. Uh, By the way, for the record, let me just say that CoSchedule is an amazing website and they they are doing a tremendous work with their con marketing. For anyone who is listening, go on and visit the the website. Yeah, I love their blog. (laughs) Yeah, really amazing work when it comes to con. 
So what's the first step? You have to start with what's easiest and obvious, okay? If there is a story to tell, uh, that should be a story that you have experienced yourself, okay? So the first step is personal storytelling, okay? And this could be uh, anything from, you know, how you manage, as I mentioned earlier, to overcome an obstacle, to a failure that you may have because people love to talk about wins but they hate to talk about failures especially nowadays and so i would say that you have to start by saying and telling stories that you have experienced or that your company you know you were talking in the context of you know a business uh, has experienced okay mm -hmm. and just to give you an example here i i really love this example by uh group uh, hq it's a it's a social company you should check it out and they have published many great pieces of content. One of uh, the personal storytelling examples that they have published uh, many years ago, actually, is why I turned down, it's, it's written by the founder and CEO, why I turned down an X amount of million uh, dollars from a VC, okay, a uh, venture capital firm, which is great. You know, if I was a subscriber at the blog or if I was, had interacted in any way with the company, I would like to hear why they turned down an offer from a VC firm, okay? It's a personal storytelling example, it's powerful. And at the end of the day, it's not difficult, you know, to write it. You don't need anything else. You just write the story. Yeah, that's so true. And another storytelling like piece of advice you have is like storytelling through data. Can you sure. give me an example of what that is? Sure, storytelling through data is, uh, very powerful the the argument here is that you know what it's difficult we don't have enough data like especially we're talking about let's take a, a software company as an example what we hear as an excuse very often is we can't do that we don't have enough data but guess what you don't always need to have a massive tremendous database in order to create a data storytelling piece of con okay and the reason why this uh, piece of con work great is because People nowadays, they are searching for con they can refer, mention, and link back to when they are creating a piece of con you know, themselves for their own blog. Data storytelling resonates so well because you are there essentially to help them you know, find a source for what they are trying to, to, to say, the, the message they are trying to convey. An example here could be a piece of con that was written in 2012. 18, if I'm not mistaken, by Adespresso. We have analyzed, you know, a, a massive number of Facebook ads. Here's what we learned, okay? And this is not powerful only in terms of people are searching for, you know, data around Facebook ads and they want to cite back um, or link back to Adespresso, but also it has a value on a product level as well. Because if I was a user of Adespresso, I would like to know what you learned from analyzing this tremendous number of Facebook ads in order for me to integrate that in my strategy. So that's a great example. And I would say that in general, data storytelling is really, really powerful. Especially when you have some data. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the key, I think, in that storytelling uh, perspective, but can definitely see how it's very powerful. And I've seen blogs like CoSchedule do things like that as well, because again, super powerful. And then the last type of storytelling is network-based. Sure. So wh which one is that? And can you give us an example? Sure. 
let's say that you don't want to share a story of your own learnings, of your own wins and failures. Let's say that you don't have data and you can't share a data storytelling piece of content. Okay, you cannot create it. Why don't you get on an interview with, with other people, someone you know already or someone you know has a great story to tell and ask them you know, to tell their story, especially if there is a very specific thing that they have managed to do, they have managed to achieve. And this can, can and shouldn't be limited only in the, in the limits of you know, a win. Uh, we managed to do that and we had tremendous success, but also it could be a failure, okay? And what we learned from this failure and so on and so forth. So this is, once again, very easy to do. You just have to jump on a call with, a, with another person, with another human being and ask them to tell their story, you know? And especially if you find a way to integrate that naturally into your con marketing strategy so that you know it will resonate most likely with your audience, that's a, that's a huge success. And I would say that there is a, a not so obvious benefit of that as well. The fact that you, you know, establish stronger relationships and connections with, with other people. An example here could be a piece of con published by Leadfeeder, which is a, a software as a service, a SaaS company, once again. They published a piece of con uh, a few uh, years ago, if I'm not mistaken. How ConvertKit, which is another company, mm-hmm. grew from X to X in monthly recurring revenue by doing 150 webinars in one year. Okay, that's powerful. Here, you could say, the argument could be, why should we write something about another business? You know, we should write about our own business. But think of how powerful this is, like, if I was in their audience, if they're in their email list, I would like to know how ConvertKit managed to you know, achieve th- that growth by doing 150 webinars in one year. And I want to know the how la- they did 150 in one year. That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. It could be part of the story. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> but yeah, okay, that's a great example. So network-based, personal story, data telling story, and sometimes even a combination of all of them. Definitely. Right. So, okay. Someone listening to this is like, wow, I love this. I'm interested in every single title that George is bringing up. How, how do you get started? Do you have steps on where to start? Do you just dive in? Do you revisit other articles? Like what's, what's the plan? I would say that that's a good question. I would say that obviously you should start with what's easiest. And we mentioned that the easiest of the, of the three is you know personal storytelling and network-based, okay? And I know that for many people and for many companies, it's not, it's not easy to kind of expose themselves and say what they have learned, what they have managed to do right, what they have managed to do wrong, and so on and so forth. But storytelling is powerful for a reason. Once you overcome this this barrier, let's say this obstacle uh, and this fear of, is it going to be okay that we're going to expose ourselves? You will see that indeed there is a tremendous benefit there. So I would say, and I would suggest that you start with the easiest things to do. And at the same time, you should try to find examples in your industry. And you could take a look at other industries as well in order to see what they are doing and how they are doing it in order to learn from them and try to replicate their success, obviously without stealing, but Mm -hmm. try to do it in your own way. So I've seen some of these articles that you're talking about. And generally, from what I've seen, I might be wrong. They're quite 
lengthy blogs. Okay. Is that like the generic, like the standard for these storytelling pieces? I wouldn't say that it's a, it's the standard because really you can, you can go as deep as you want with it. And mm -hmm. you like, if you feel that your story can be said in like 500 words, then, you know, go for it. Just do that. Okay. If you feel that you have to do, to, to tell your story in 2000 words, then there, in general, I feel that there should be no limits. Okay. Uh, there's no rules that tells us that, you know what, in order for your story to be successful, it has to be to have a specific number of, of words. It all boils down to how many words do you need in order to tell the story in full, okay? This is what I would advise people to pay attention to and to be careful with without caring so much, you know, about hitting a very specific number of, of words or whatever. I think that's great too, because then people can apply this strategy to maybe their social media, to other formats other than just blog writing. Because sometimes when people hear blog writing, they're like, oh my God, no, I can't. Like, no, I can't do that. But I think that with all this advice that you've given today, that it could be applied to every piece of content marketing, which is great. That's exactly right. Like you should have, as, and I mean, what you, what you mentioned is, is, is really important because you're telling stories. If you're talking about a business context, if you are not uh, sharing these stories in on LinkedIn, for example, then you're missing out on a, on a very big opportunity, okay? Because mm -hmm. people love stories, okay? They, they want to, to hear what other people has, uh, have experienced. They want to hear what other people have to say, and they will most likely interact with that. And so I would say that you shouldn't be limited under no circumstances, just, you know, on your blog, social media, and so on and so forth. You have to take it where you feel more, if you like, you know, being in front of the camera then tell stories using your camera, that's fine. If you feel more comfortable writing blog posts, then do that. But I would say that you shouldn't limit yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So just before we end this conversation, what is one thing, if there was just one thing that people took away from this conversation, what do you want it to be? Sure. The one thing that I would, I would like people to get is don't be afraid to expose yourself. Don't be afraid to talk about failures. Don't be afraid to talk about things that you don't know. No one expects you to be perfect. And at the end of the day, you see that when you share a piece of con that's, that's really good, that has a really good story to tell people interact with that because you understand that at the end this is you know things that maybe they struggle with as well this is things that it, it could contain things that they fear of themselves and this is why it resonates and this is why it's so powerful so don't be afraid to tell your story and i feel like like going off what you just said is like that's also how you build a community because you attract the people who are not only interested in what you're saying, but who have probably gone through something similar. Definitely. And you know what? There is a lot of content out there. People don't want to read another one-on-one guide on how to create, create a blog post. Okay. They want what? to hear. Yeah. Yeah. They don't. Surprisingly enough, they want to hear the story of we wrote 1000 blog posts and here's what we learned about blogging. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
this is the story they want to hear. They don't want to hear, you know, a step-by-step -step process of how to do this or that. And this is why storytelling is so powerful. Mm -hmm. Well, George, thank you so much for being on the Marketing Bound podcast. If people want to reach out to you, where can they find you? Sure. Feel free to check our website, minusia.com with double T. And uh, if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, this is where I'm most active on. Search for Georgios Cassiotis. I would love to connect. I'm going to link all of that below so it's easy for them to find you. But thank you so much. Thank you, Laura. Now comes the fun part. Subscribe to the Marketing Bound podcast to catch every single episode and make sure to leave a review so we can take the show to the next level. 